The Chicago White Sox had an off day on Thursday. They are currently 30 and 31 and are coming off a three game sweep of the Detroit Tigers, where they had a plus 21 run differential. Uh, was it just simply the White Sox beating up on a bad team, or have the Sox started to turn things around? Uh, White Sox have a chance to test their recent momentum against one of baseball's best as they start a three-game series in Houston. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen uh, each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Locked On Sox. Uh, also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore uh, GGTB. Really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk White Sox. Locked on White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, lots to get to today regarding our Chicago White Sox. And I am very happy to have Ian Eskridge from White Sox Daily joining the conversation. Welcome, Ian. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, love the stuff that you guys do at White Sox Daily. You are following this team uh, closely. I want to start, Ian, uh, I guess with the Detroit series. Uh, ha have the Sox, in your mind, found something? Uh, or was it just the fact that they were playing the Tigers? Maybe a little bit of both. Uh, you know, you wonder about the lineups. Uh, the lineups have been consistent. And with the consistency is that putting guys in a more comfortable, uh, less anxiety maybe with uh, their at-bats not pushing as much. Maybe that has something to do with it. And, you know, of course, the Tigers certainly have something to do with it. They are not uh, not so hot this year. I, uh, I, you know, I, I knew kind of what was going to, was going on with the Tigers. I haven't been following them as closely, uh, but they have dealt with a bunch of stuff and, and they're, they're really scuffling. Uh, but sometimes I feel like one of these types of series is needed. Uh, guys get into a rhythm. Uh, there's some confidence. I, I would say though, the pattern of the top four hitters, and you've probably realized this too. And with Danny Mendick in the ninth spot, I think six games they're sitting on now with everything that's been going on with uh, Tony LaRusa. Has somebody taken the keys away or is he somehow all of a sudden now figured out like this is what I should do consistently? You know, I, I had this conversation uh, via Twitter earlier today. Uh, you know, I don't think that TLR could have changed his strategy that quickly and started to maintain a consistency in the lineup with, I mean, I don't even remember how many days it was in a row, but it was something like 46 or 47, 50 games in a row yeah. where with a different lineup. I, I just, I don't buy it that all of a sudden a, a switch flipped and he's fine with everybody where they're at. It seems odd. He, some of the lineups that were coming our way with uh, Lurie Garcia at the top, and it, it almost just like he was uh, screwing with us. And 
it, it, it just as a, Hey, you know what? No one's going to do anything to me. I'm staying here. I can kind of do whatever I want with these lineups. Maybe I'm smarter than all of you. And I, and I think I've found something. So yeah, it is really interesting. I, I love what's going on. I feel like these guys are getting comfortable. They know where they're going to be hitting when they enter the ballpark, uh, picking up one another. And uh, I have to, I guess, uh, circle back to La Russa specifically uh, with everything that's, you know, kind of gone on again this season and the, the Trey Turner stuff and, you know, the fire Tony chance. Where where are you at as a fan with Tony La Russa? Not, not even in the sense of, you know, is he going to be fired or not? I, I think that's kind of a moot point, honestly, but like where you as a fan wrestle with Tony La Russa. I am not a huge fan. Uh, I, d- I don't think that he is uh, completely inept, uh, but he does sometimes make some really puzzling decisions that makes it hard to not get angry about it. I mean, you bring up uh, Larry Garcia. Uh, for Larry Garcia and Josh Harrison, if you look at their uh, career numbers, uh, and you look at this season's numbers, when they're batting in the eighth and ninth spot, their WRC plus shoots, you know, like quadruples, you know, quintuples, <laughs> you know, uh, from from where they're at, anywhere below seven. You know, it's like I I kind of sometimes wonder what is going on. We we've got you know we we go out of our way to hire a you know a uh, analytical guy for the dugout. And I, you know, it's, it's Dave Duncan's kid. So, you know, Tony's not going to be rude to rude to the guy and just tell him to, you know, go pound sand. He's going (laughs) to at least, you know, like kind of hear him out. And it just makes me wonder is a, is he just not, is, is he following his gut more than, uh, you know, saying those stats don't know, you know, they don't know what the heart is, you know, what's in the heart, the TWTW, (laughs) you know, like the stats don't give you that. Or are they just not giving him the correct information? I, you know, I, I don't know that, you know, uh, yeah. you have to be, uh, pr- you know, privy to what's going on in the, uh, in the dugout for that. But. Yeah. I, I wonder, yeah, sometimes if there's just specific information that he requests, you know, these are the things that I would like and don't, you know, bog me down with all of this other, uh, stuff, even though it might be available. Um, you know, we talk about, uh, lineups and and what's going to happen maybe when Tim Anderson arrives maybe next week we'll see how he feels after playing shortstop uh, for a few games uh, in Charlotte uh Danny Mendick has just has done such an unbelievable job it almost seems so obvious just to move him over to second base uh, but you know again nothing's obvious right now in this season do you think that that is going to be the strategy for the Sox yeah I I could see that. I mean, the defense is a plus, at least at shortstop, it's a plus. I mean, he's, he is a good, uh, solid shortstop. He is not, uh, he's not the rangiest guy like, like TA is. Um, but he also doesn't have the wild arm that Tim sometimes does. So, uh, you kind of, you know, split the difference there and you've got a, you know, a productive shortstop. Now I assume that if he moves over to second base, it's I've seen him play second base with the White Sox a little bit. And I've seen uh, I, I think it was uh, I think Harrison was I'm trying to remember who is it. Maybe I think it was Harrison at shortstop or something. It was very early in the season. I th- seem to remember them uh, kind of having like some sort of a, a, a talk about what was going on with a some sort of a, a double play situation. I think it's going to be one of those things where it's going to take him some time to get feel 
for who he's working with in the infield. Uh, you know, obviously the, the, the double play combo is always one of those things that you have to build over time and it's not immediately going to be amazing, but the offense has been good. And I, you know, Danny Mendick is the consummate team player. He does what the team needs. You know, that was one of the things about Madrigal that everybody, you know, was so happy about was he is a guy that would get on base and he's supposed to move guys over and he's supposed to play good defense. He didn't, you know, that didn't work out and run the base as well. Neither one worked out so well, but you know, uh, you know, I, I don't see personally, I'm, I would be shocked if, uh, if Lennon Sosa, uh, jumped up from double a because uh Luis robert played in triple a for a a bunch of time you know he played a mm-hmm. bunch of games in triple a i do not see them jumping somebody from double a straight to mlb you know i don't know as if they necessarily see yolbert as uh, a huge upgrade to what danny mendick does so i don't know if uh i i, I kind of doubt that they screw with that at all and yeah. i don't know if they think jake berger is ever going to play second base i mean I don't, I don't think that, uh, you know, the bats, the bats playing, you yeah. know, I oh, just yeah. don't know if the defense is going to play at second base. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit more, uh, maybe farm system prospects and White Sox uh, starting pitching. We're going to do that uh, in just a moment. Want to tell you folks about Athletic Greens. I've been taking AG1, their flagship product for a few months now, and have noticed improvement in my overall metabolism, better sleep, and I just feel better. Uh, So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, is recommended by professional athletes, and trusted by leading experts. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Lockdown podcasts even better. Uh, This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Lockdown podcasts. Go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long. And everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards to take our audience survey. Go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey. All right, uh, Ian, you know, I was talking with uh, Dan Victor, who you know uh, a couple weeks ago, about Prospects Farm System. And and you mentioned guys like Sosa and Sanchez. And I just want to get your perspective of who is most likely, I guess, to come up and get some time with the White Sox this season. That's a that's a that's a tough one. 
I think that the the issue being is that what are the White Sox willing to eat? You know, are they willing to uh, dump Josh Harrison? And, you know, pouring through the stats for Josh Harrison, you see that his line drive rate this year has been a lot lower than normal in ratio to his fly ball and ground ball ratio. And uh, in the last week or so, it's kind of been up and he's been getting more hits. So I don't know if that's going to make it more difficult for them to eat that money or not. And, you know, you still got Larry Garcia on the team who's getting struck out by Castro in three pitches and then grounding into a double play to a, to a catcher. I mean, yeah. and, you know, they just signed him for three years and $16.5 million. Yep. Yep. And, you know, the, the two things that the White Sox have always been very good, uh, or at least, how about this, in the last, you know, six, seven years, the thing that the White Sox have been pretty good at is developing relief pitching and utility utility men. And so what did they do this off season? They signed <laughs> utility men and relievers. And it's, uh, you know, I don't know what they're going to be willing to, uh, to give up on. Um, I know that there's uh, a couple of guys, uh, relief pitchers down in Charlotte that have been uh, throwing the ball really well. You, you know, you'll probably see uh, some of those guys. Uh, as far as the position players, though, I mean, uh, you know, other than Hazley, who, you know, I, I he's kind of like a uh, Nick Madrigal, but in the outfield, plays a little bit better defense, runs the bases better, and he has a little bit more pop in his bat. Um, but... You know, one of my guys that I've been watching for, you know, almost two years, you know, well, I guess technically, uh, you know, about a little bit over a season, but Tyler Nesloni in double A, I thought for sure he was going to start in triple A this year. And instead of him starting in triple A, they traded uh, um, McKinley Moore for Adam Hazley, and then they signed Mark Payton, who's 30 years old. So, um, yeah, and Tyler Nesloni is a little bit older, but he you know, also kind of got, uh, you know, screwed by the, uh, 2020 mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so he lost a year of development and also got a year older. So now he looks older than his experience warrants because he lost that year. Um, but you know, they traded for him last year. He's, he was, uh, in the brave system and he was hitting, uh, like 160 or something for the Braves. And uh, within a week of him coming over to the White Sox organization, he was hitting like 350, and uh, he's pretty much kept up on that pace for an entire year. And uh, he's still buried it at Double A. And I, I think that yeah. uh, you know, decent defense, fast, hits the ball well with pop. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to see him get a shot um, in the outfield, but uh, I don't know if that's in the cards. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, how are things going to shake out? We've got, uh, we're waiting on Aloy and then what do you do then with Pollock? Uh, he, you got to keep his bat around and you've got angle who's been able to, with all of the injuries that we've been having angle has pretty much stayed uh, healthy. Um, and then, you know, Mendix playing the way he's playing and it, it's really interesting how things are starting to work themselves out a bit. Um, last year when the sacks were scuff- scuffling and weren't scoring runs, it was all well, the pitching was able to kind of carry the team, especially through the defensive problems. And we've had so many issues, especially with relief pitchers. Um, the starting pitching, I haven't really been wowed by. And, and I think something that we all try to do as fans maybe is, is who's the ace? Who's your ace? Who's your stopper? Who's your ace? And coming into the season, uh, I, I still felt like it was Giolito. 
I, you know, Cease has got the stuff. I think we've all been absolutely floored with what Kopik has done. Do you, do you think about that as a fan? How do you rank our starting pitchers right now? And I guess you can throw in a uh, Lancelin, even though it's an extremely small sample size. Yeah. I, th- it's hard to do that because, um, you know, Giolito, he's given up a lot, you know, his home run per nine is, is up this year. And, uh, that's not helping him a whole lot and he's not going very deep into games and he's pretty much been, uh, a, a two pitch pitcher, uh, pretty often, uh, cause he's just not finding, uh, his other pitch in the game. Uh, Cease has done some really awesome things, but again, having him go deep into games, it just, it hasn't, uh, hasn't happened enough. I, Dallas Keuchel's gone and I am thrilled about that um and uh, i will say that uh that cueto has been yeah he has better than most people thought yep. uh I, I was you know he was pretty decent last year and i was hoping to get uh you know um probably about you know f- six innings hopefully and like a four and a half era and he's done better than that yeah uh you know i mean his his innings haven't his innings count hasn't really been uh you know up there so much but uh, the quality has been there. And so I'm happy about that. The Lance Lynn, you know, we'll see, you know, uh, with the knee thing, we'll see how long it takes him to get, uh, get acclimated because those, uh, last couple of starts in Charlotte weren't exactly, uh, mm-hmm. perfect. Oh, yeah. and, yeah. uh, his last start wasn't picture, picture perfect either. So, uh, I'm not saying that he won't be and that he won't be the same, uh, grizzly bear that uh mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he has been in in uh, past seasons but um i you know i i kind of think that uh he has kind of worn down as the season's gone on uh the last couple of seasons if you look at his uh you know by uh yeah by months so maybe him starting a little bit later might help him out and have him uh fresh going into uh hopefully the playoffs yeah, yeah, he's uh, 35 and, you know, coming off of an injury and, and maybe this was, uh, you know, this is a good thing in a weird way. I hate to say that for him to, you know, take a few months off um, and then come back and, and maybe that is going to keep him fresh. Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit more, Geo in this upcoming Houston series when we come back because, uh, you know, the Houston is a nemesis of ours and it's going to be interesting to put ourselves up against Houston uh, it's a three-game series in Houston. Giolito gets the start on Friday night. How did the Sox match up? We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Uh, folks, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and, of course, all the latest fighting news in MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So Sox will start this series uh, Friday night. I believe it's the Apple TV uh, broadcast or telecast once again. Uh, you've got a 3 o'clock game on Saturday, and then Sunday night has been, I guess, flexed, to use kind of like an NFL term, uh, is an evening game. I think it's a 6 o'clock start. Uh, you've got Giolito, and then I believe Cueto 
They're going to test Kopech. Maybe he goes. If not, it could be uh, Lynn. Houston is 39 and 24 as we record. We all know what happened in the ALDS. Uh, Houston is tough. Uh, Giolito is going to start things out. He threw a complete game one hitter to get the win for the Sox against Houston last July. Um, how do you see this series um, you know, going in? And is it something where you as a fan are saying after this three-game series with Detroit, hey, the Sox got to take two of three from Houston. They got to come right back. If they don't have their offense clicking, you know, the sky is falling once again. Well, you saw the uh the offense kind of come alive against the Rangers and it, the pitching didn't end up working out. Um, and some of some bizarre decisions, some bizarre <laughs> decisions in the Dodgers series as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, so I'm kind of, uh, and obviously the Tigers, you know, they bludgeon them. So I want to see what the offense does against, uh, you know, Verlander. I want to see what they do against Framber Valdez. I, I want to see, who they are when they're going up against guys that have owned them in the past. You know, Abreu hits really, really well against Verlander. He's mm-hmm. got a 365 yeah. average in like six home runs or something off of Verlander. Um, so, but everybody else pretty much either hasn't seen him a whole lot or doesn't hit him well. Uh, so that kind of scares me, but he's, and, and he's going up against, uh, he's going up against Cueto. So, mm-hmm. That's going to be a weird thing because not many of the guys on the Astros have seen Cueto, or if sure. they have, they don't really hit him that well. Yeah. The only guy who's like really consistently hit all of the starting pitching that the White Sox are going to throw out there is uh, Michael Brantley, who pretty much hits everybody. So it's not really that surprising. Um, I will say, though, the one that I am worried about is the Kopech Lynn flex. Uh, start there. It's well known that Lance Lynn in his career is not good against the Astros. He's got like a six, something like six ERA or something against the uh, Astros since uh, 2018, I think. So basically uh, with the Rangers and the White Sox, his numbers against the Astros have not been good. And you've got four guys in there starting four that have all got over a 1000 OPS against him. Uh, doesn't stack up well for him. Um, and plus, I'd also like to see how Kopech flexes on him. You know, I want to see if he comes out and does what he did to the Yankees in the second start. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I worry about the knee situation. And it looked really, uh, it would look troubling. It, it looked at first like he rolled his ankle and then hearing it was a knee and he's getting fluid drained and being so cautious as they already are with Kopech. Uh, you know, I, I, I obviously they're, they know best they're seeing him. They're going to watch his bullpen. Um, but I'm with you. I'm more intrigued to see Kopech throw, uh, and, and the big stage than deal with Lynn because of, you know, everything that you mentioned. Uh, I, I like this series because again, yes, it was Detroit, but these guys have a lot of confidence, you know, it's, it's, it's swinging the bat. Well, getting into a groove and, yeah, now let's try it against one of baseball's uh, best. And then after Houston, you've got you come home for Toronto. So it's not like things uh, get any easier. Um, a couple guys really have been breaking out. Pollock, you know, what, seven straight multi-hit games, which is uh, amazing. The guy we've all been waiting for, who finally had the game of his you know year, Yohan Mankata, um, if you've been studying and watching and reading and, and what are your, what is your take on Mankata? Is, is he slowly now getting back 
do you think is there is there hope for Mankata or, or are we going to go back to you know hitting 120 130 hey, we better hope so <laughs> I mean I will say I think that a lot of it's mental uh mm-hmm. with with him um I think that the uh you know the muscle strain definitely hampered his his swing obviously you know and uh I think it took a long time for the results you know, by the time he, he felt like he was finally feeling healthy, I feel like there was like this still this gap where he just wasn't getting any results and he wasn't hitting the ball hard. Um, I'm hoping that that last game uh, snaps him out of it. We start, uh, you know, slowly creeping that uh, that average and OPS up. That's, yeah. what, that's what I'm hoping for. There, there's something about muscle memory, and I feel like uh, with video these days, uh, whether you're a pitcher or a hitter, it, when things were going right, you can quickly go back to some video and get another set of eyes on something. And, and what, what, am, what was I doing there that I'm not doing right now? And hopefully if he gets, you know, off the rails, he can quickly get right back on based on uh, what he, what he had going for him in Detroit. Um, Ian, I can talk with you for a very long time, sir. And uh, it's so great to have you on locked on, please uh, plug all of the great stuff that you're doing and where we can find all of your outstanding work. Yeah, so we are on uh, Facebook at White Sox Daily, uh, at Daily White Sox on Twitter, and uh, White Sox Daily dot Substack dot com is uh, got a bunch of great articles, mostly uh, lately by Dan Victor, who you mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of uh, interview stuff with uh, some of the minor league guys. Um, not so much from me or or, or Danny, my uh, my podcast slash stream partner uh we got a lot of stuff going on so uh haven't had much of a, a chance or hankering to do that but uh that stuff's available and yeah uh, and you are on uh, twitter as well i am at i eskridge folks if you haven't already follow everything that white Sox daily does uh it's outstanding stuff and you're usually uh putting uh, something out you record Monday, and is it available Tuesday? Is that usually yeah, how you do? Yeah, I didn't okay. even mention that. Yeah, uh, we do a uh, we do a. Stream. I know your schedule. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, we do a uh, stream on Twitch, uh, Twitch.tv uh, backslash White Sox Daily. Uh, we are on every Monday at nine o'clock. Got a uh, chat section and uh, got a bunch of fun little uh, video stuff that goes on in there. And uh, me and Danny just sit there and riff for. a couple hours and uh people hop in there and we uh discuss you know what's on our mind and then uh we meet up and uh you know talk about what the uh, chat's bringing as well it's fun time. awesome uh ian eskridge thank you so much buddy really appreciate you joining thank you i appreciate it, it was, it's been fun i appreciate being on thank you folks uh, so much for making this podcast part of your daily routine you can find the lockdown white Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcasts we are on twitter and instagram at Locked on Socks. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Hey, the first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. Search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, the draft experts of Locked on NBA Big Board. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second. Listen today. Uh, Coming up on the next episode, I'll recap the Houston series and we'll hopefully be discussing a lot of great stuff from our White Sox. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.